0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Daily Roto Going for the Green Daily Fantasy Golf Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am here joined by Colin Drew to preview the Wyndham Championship for DFS and for a little bit of sports betting takes coming off of the uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational Abraham Answer. What a crazy final nine holes, Harris English tilting it off, Bryson tilting it off people complaining about you know bryson's complaining about the pace of play and people are yelling stuff at bryson it's just like well, it, was, uh, it was kind of a kind of a shit show there on uh, on the back nine of the yeah. wgc fedex
1: yeah if you're playing along at home get those tout bingo cards out i think you, you checked off a few of them to open it up um I, I mean the english ejection was the only thing that saved me from a, as far as min cashing but um yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any takes on what to make the brace and stuff. I feel like it, it carries a bit too far, but he sort of asked for it at the same time with a lot of the stuff that he said. So um, it'll just be interesting to see if the Sunday ejections kind of hold for him moving forward or if that's just like a blip on the radar and he'll figure out how to play through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know what to make of it either. I guess probably like, I don't know, he's going to be like lobbying the the PGA tour for like no fans or like, you know, fans get thrown out or something like that. But, but, you know, it really seems like, you know, I don't know. He's just probably going to have to deal the Wyndham championship. Which we're talking about this week. Uh, It's the last regular season event uh, of the year. It's always one of those events where like uh, the TV coverage is always interesting because they it's kind of like an Olympics event where they start doing like the human interest stories on the guys who are on the cut line. Like they tell you about like their college golf coach or like, you know, we we learn
1: who's going to make the top 120 for the FedEx cup playoffs
0: and whatnot yeah yeah like we learn all about like josh teeter's home life if he you know if he ends up making a run for it on sunday but it uh also it's a golf course that plays well into the hands of guys who might like to you know who might be ranked 119th in the world because it's not <laughs> super long and uh there's not a lot of trouble to find like so i always i i don't know i just always think it's uh it, it does make for pretty good tv i don't remember Hideki ever having played here before i mean i'm sure he has but i just don't in my in my uh my lizard brain i don't remember analyzing it but i guess like maybe a relatively strong field for what this event is though it did just get a little bit weaker because about five minutes before we started recording patrick reed did just withdraw
1: yeah i mean it's just it's not a great golf tournament if we're being perfectly honest any any time the you know shortest and most accurate players in the world are very live and this winning score is going to be 20 under par. uh, It's hard to get overly excited about it. And then you add in the field strength, and not great, man. Um, But, you know, there's a couple of top end players. Did you know Webb Simpson named his daughter Wyndham Davis? I know it.
0: Has anyone ever mentioned that on a podcast before? You know, what's funny is I went to go make my placeholder for this week. First dude I clicked in was Webb. Like for like first guy, I was like, dude, he named his daughter Wyndham. You think I'm he's not been playing, playing him? Bad.
1: It's pretty interesting. Cause he's, he's definitely been playing bad through this little stretch and both Hideki and Louie have been playing substantially better than, than Webb. Um, but Webb still tops projections because his course fit adjustment is just massive compared to the rest of the field. Uh, I mean, it's a home game he's he's been dominating this event so and an accuracy course as well Suits web so there's some yeah but it's not
0: it's not like louis it. and hideki aren't accurate golfers either though
1: yeah so i mean you're it, it'll be pretty interesting to you know balance those two things i think pretty easy to see like you said the first guy to click in you're like okay i'll click in web and go from there it's not too expensive patrick reed's now out and I think it's pretty easy to build around him this week. So I do expect the ownership to be like 25 to 30%. But yeah, like you said, the course fit, is, it's a huge boost to driving accuracy players, pen- penalizing or not penalizing driving distance, but not rewarding it as much as other courses do. And putting matters a bit less, around the green matters a bit less, so approach matters a bit less. So it's like, you know, just kind of like a accurate and randomness golf course. I can't get too excited about it
0: yeah yeah i mean look i i can't get i can't get that excited about it either at the end of the day like this is this is it's like uh it's like a barracuda but like with the top 20 like some of the top 20 guys in the world randomly playing it for like sponsorship reasons (laughs) plus there's so
1: much going on right now it's like okay you got best ball going on you've got nfl dfs preseason going on we've got prep for the main season of nfl dfs DraftKings is dropping nfts like there's you know, crypto punks are flying through the roof, and there's just like so much going on. Just like the mental capacity, you got to kind of pick and choose um, some of your spots. I feel like,
0: yeah, like I, I can't, I can't be out here. I can't be out here. You know, researching, uh, you know, pudgy penguins and uh, and you know, Wyndham DFS. What's so you? You really you, your mental space. You gotta. I'm on like you gotta keep it clear
1: right now for sure for PGA this week.
0: Yeah. So the most expensive guys we're, weirdly enough there are um there are six guys who are above 10k Hideki, Louis, Webb, Zalatoris, Reed who withdrew and then I'm like oh Jason Kokrak had 10k of like course. who Think, think of like single entry life, like, okay, you're not, the computer's not giving it to you. You are willingly going into a lineup and clicking on Jason Kokrak at $10,000. So like, I don't know, maybe like, and it's not like he's not going to be unowned because Reed who is right next to him in price just withdrew. Like you're going to have like 18% own Jason Kokrak at 10,000.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I, we'll see if that's, that's got to settle at like 10% or something, but um. You're right, that ownership will get funneled there to a certain degree just because you got to play somebody. And uh you can play two of these guys too. It's not like they're so expensive. There's a big flat, and you know, once you get to like nine thousand dollars, there's not a whole lot of difference between some of those guys and seven thousand dollar players. So that's another element this week. I mean, honestly, it's hard to imagine me not starting with Webb, Louis, or Hideki just because uh Reed withdraw Kokrak yeah, he has the victory, but his form isn't good beyond that. It's not like he's striping at TD Green consistently every week, like he's had fine results, but, and then Will Zalatoris had the injury at the Open, came back, played okay last week, but again, it's not the course that would suit Willsey either, even if he was playing his best, so um, I kind of feel like I would have to start with one of the top three, and from there, you're just balancing, like, do you play the, the safest play with Webb, you know, kind of the course history course fit or do you play with the guys who are playing a bit better right now which is Sadaki and Louis, even though they haven't quite gotten it done
0: I mean once a golfer gets to like 28 percent ownership the chances of them failing are like negative infinity <laughs> like, like can you ever remember a time like remember Spieth uh two weeks ago Spieth was like the the mega chalk and he started out four over par and, like, he just figured it out. Like, of course he figured it out. Like, a guy yeah. who gets that owned is never bombing.
1: I also I also was a little surprised that maybe you'd see the price get to, like, 11-point-something for Webb, and then, the like, the T5 is almost required. But, like, the price here, like, I mean, he's basically a coin flip to finish inside the top 10. So if he top 10s it, there's not, like, this depth of elite talent so um it does feel like the floor on these three guys is pretty high as well
0: yeah i mean i i guess probably i can't play web like just like because i i have gone i have gone from being like you gotta just play your cash lineup in the gpp to like you know start thinking about the game theory stuff but you're not not getting
1: you're not getting like a great ownership on any of these guys. So you're either playing that or 20% owned Usti or paying up for 50% owned Decky.
0: I mean, even, even bad projection, bad course, but whatever. Like I just have become such a game theory, bro, that I'm like, if Zalatoris is really going to be 10%, I'm just going to play him. And, and be, like, I don't know. Uh, I certainly I've made a lot of bad teams, both in golf and in baseball this year. Cause I'm mostly focusing on ownership over everything else. And like, if I, if the cards flip over for baseball and my highest owned hitter is like 9%, I'm like, okay, well, it just doesn't matter. Cause it meant that I made the right decision roughly. So that's, and maybe, maybe, cause we were talking about this with Nelson for, um, the majors pods, but you know, the field has gotten so much better at identifying the good plays. Maybe that's wrong. And I need to like, get back in the lab and re, like, maybe that's like a very, 2019 way of thinking about things that just low ownership and high volatility sports is all that matters and the texture of a lineup might matter more but i don't know 28 percent owned web just does not sound like a
1: good time that's that's fair i think um the brian harman 9900 is one of the guys that pops course fit pops course history adjustment his baseline is pretty solid relative to the other players so if you wanted to jam two of those guys and then just drop to the 7k i think you could do a lot worse just comparing his top 20 odds to 16 ownership on him um one of the strongest leverage scores on the slate outside of hideki i think it's the top one so um i think yeah like a shorter course for brian harman there's been like a few of these guys that we've been uh targeting on some of their shorter courses it's been like Ches ryan moore brian Harmon. Brendan Todd a little bit. So I think it's another course where we're probably going to start to see some of those teams. Kevin Streelman, another name that pops to mind. I think all those guys are getting a decent adjustment up this week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm definitely not playing Brian Harmon. Uh, I can, I can guarantee, I can guarantee that. I mean, what, what, what are you reading into Fleetwood having such a bad projection here? Like, what is he just, he's been playing bad. It's a bad court. Like, I don't know. Isn't Fleetwood like way better of a golfer than Russell Henley? I don't know. It feels like he is.
1: I mean, he's been pretty. He's bad. been so bad, though. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's got like one top 10 of the year. Um,
0: he's at the Olympics, though.
1: <laughs> he was at the Olympics. Yeah. So I, he's just been really bad. I, there's not a lot to it. And then generally, you're not going to get a course fit up from guys like Tommy Fleetwood either but I think even just overall like his baseline in the data golf stuff is closer to Johnny Vegas and then negative course fit on top of that so that's kind of what's happened with Tommy it just feels like I like there there are spots to pivot and um I'll probably do it at the the cheaper ranges where you can get guys at five percent rather than like stuff in Tommy Fleetwood yeah
0: um I mean Wolf awful course fit awful like just I don't know uh, unplayable at that salary Adam Scott like what is that guy doing like he's playing so bad Siwoo Kim Siwoo Kim made a 13 last week and still uh, still cracked 80 in the round which is uh, that's amazing I mean I don't know I feel feels like Siwoo probably at a course where you like literally can't get in trouble and it's all about making birdies probably a pretty good play and then same for uh, Robert McIntyre, who is yeah. just like an elite TD green player this year.
1: Yeah, I like him. the The issue I'm having is just like the price just feels like, I, I in this range I like the kind of projection and ownership combination for Robert McIntyre um, as much as anybody. But like, do I do I really feel like Robert McIntyre is that much stronger of a play than Zach Johnson or Ryan Moore or Eve? Like, I think he's a bit stronger, but maybe not enough to justify $1,500 in salary cap. So um, I guess that's where I'd maybe try to get Hideki, Usti, Webb, maybe Harmon, and then maybe I'd round it out in the 7K as my initial lean when I was looking at the single entry. And that would mean skipping over a bunch of these guys that are, you know, they're live to contend, but they they definitely don't pop in the projections.
0: Why is uh, Charles Schwartzel projected for 15% ownership. What what is what is if I miss something, like what is he playing amazing? Is does his daughter also named Wyndham? Like what, what why would that be true?
1: I mean, he's he's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh and I guess I mean, he's made the majority of cut his cuts this year. This last little stretch that he's on. He's only missed one cut in his past dozen or so events. So, and then he finished second at the three M. So I guess some of that a lot of times was driving it. I would say also just generally speaking, if someone's popping in certain strokes, gains that so Charles Schwartzel is one of the top like six um, players with his ball striking over the past 12 weeks uh, that I have 12 events. So I think that's another thing that's kind of feeding me into there. He actually has played like almost identically to Robert McIntyre, uh, just in, um, in more events for him as well, as far as where we have measured strokes being data. McIntyre getting it done at the open championship where we don't have stroke skiing data there.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't do, we want to tout Ricky Fowler. Do we want to tout 17% owned Seamus power? I mean, I guess, I don't know. Like I, it does feel like a course that Ricky should reasonably do well at driving distance. Not going to be as much of a thing. I can't, can't find any trouble, which is like, re, like when Ricky has been bad, that's, that's honestly been a ton of it is he just, he makes these like gigantic numbers or or whatever on, on holes where he hits it in the trees or in the
1: water. Yeah. I mean, his approach game over this, I don't want to call it like a resurgence, but like, where,
0: where is he at? Is he, is he even going to qualify for the playoffs or is he like out? Like he's got to be outside of the playoffs because he's got like no good finishes.
1: I don't have that in front of me right now, but like he's outside the top hundred in the world golf rankings. um, And that's, you know, he started clear inside of the top instead of the top 40 i guess at the end of last year um so i think he's got to be on that set he he
0: he right literally dude ricky fowler is the guy they're going to make the graphic for he's one he's 130 and he's one so like ricky fowler is like literally having to play this to get into the he's behind camilo vieg whatever viegas Viegas.
1: yeah so um yeah i mean i like i feel like fowler's been playing a bit more but it's not like he's discernibly better than a lot of these other guys um if if you do want to roster him and try to bank on some upside i think the one thing in his favor is he's going to be single digits but uh i still prefer kind of to stay out of this range altogether i think kevin streelman was one of the guys uh, i mentioned before as far as guys that project better on the accurate courses um guy that is can get really hot with the putter um and is pretty safe as far as like his floor so Streelman could be like the second or third guy in your roster as well yeah uh, i mean you could like justin rose is in here like fowler yeah. like you could load up single digits on these guys who like two years ago were top golfers in the world and now they're in this egregious field fighting for their fedex cup playoff points and they're gonna Ro- be rose digits.
0: rose is also right outside 138 fleetwood is right outside 136 so if you wanted to, if you wanted to make a team of like narrative guys who all have to get in, who like all have to like T15, this event to get in, you could, you could make it pretty easy just based off you of, you
1: got Adam Scott there too. And you're going to yeah. like sub 60% ownership rejection. There you go. Click in some $15 entries from there. The, the yeah. lottos are the, the spot for that one. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah mito Pereira coming in at an egregious ownership like he just is uh he's a, i'm sure he's a buzz guy like he gets mentioned on all the tout shows and everything
1: i mean you've done we've we've talked about him a couple episodes already i'm surprised yeah. you're not.
0: no no i him. well dude just because i have like look we're i'm not i'm not mmeing these events like i got yeah. 900 things going he on was and like single
1: entry viable uh at the olympics and yeah he won twice on the corn Ferry tour um just i guess like two months ago at this point and then finished top five, of the Olympics, six at 3M, fifth at Barbasol. So like, he's definitely been crushing some of these weak field events and he's a guy that uh, typically does do well from like a fantasy perspective relative to his placement. So um, I think, like you said, you see a lot of ownership on these guys and like, I don't know, these days it's more often it's, it's okay. Um, compared to previously. Um, right. I would say like, Rose does at least project as a decent leverage play. And I haven't been on the same page with you for other events, but feels like in this field, like I would prefer him over Fowler as a leverage opportunity, just because you get $600 price savings and kind of like a similar narrative to fit.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess HB three on a course where birdies are going to be there. Seems all right. Um, she's Chez she's Revi on the, the short bunter accuracy course. That's uh that's a tout bingo. Chez Revy. Revy on a on a short course. Rory Sabatini, another guy who needs to get in. The, of course, we, we can't. Everyone, we can't everyone get down in.
1: here needs to get in, right? So. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay, that's true. Doug Gim. this is he actually looks playable here. Like uh, the data, the data golf stuff loves him. Um, yeah, you know, it, like it like always. But, but like not, him, like
1: Joel Damon and Chris Kirk, two other guys that on this type of course, uh, shorter courses, definitely get a little bit of a boost so I think those guys are all reasonable and look I, I think that's one of the other reasons it's hard to fade the top end entirely is because you have these low 7k guys who are reasonably good players they're going to be single digits in ownership and you can still get a total roster that's like 90% owned which I don't think is too bad um, for for most field sizes to be honest
0: yeah I wanted to tout Brandon Hagey because he's had like a couple decent results. Like he's got a T six and uh, a solo fifth over the last month. And I just like, I just like Brandon Hagey, but I can't really imagine a worse course fit for him than right here at like a, at like a wedge fest. He, he really needs a longer course. Um, I don't know. Dil- Dylan Fratelli and Joel Damon for friend, friend of the show, both of those guys uh, like Fertelli, just has some good high end finishes at difficult courses and difficult events this year and then damon is uh like he's getting a huge course fit adjustment by data
1: golf yeah yeah these guys like like chez is getting a massive adjustment as well and i think like chez has gained strokes on approach and like eight straight events so um i feel a bit better about him than i do brendan todd for example who's been a little bit more up and down and both those guys are getting pretty substantial course fit adjustments but yeah t-
0: todd is like i think he's like the number one value guy
1: number the biggest adjustment from his baseline
0: yeah well just like if you sort by value oh, okay. with the data golf stuff i think todd is number one
1: and then i think kyle stanley is another guy that is getting a pretty big adjustment for course fit he's a guy that has shown outlier upside with his ball striking and obviously with him the putting is always extremely questionable but um as far as strokes gained approach and thinking about the second shots on this course, like, I mean, Hideki, Usti, Webb have shown higher upside with the irons and, but beyond that, like Stanley's probably like the fifth best iron player in the field.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right. Like true punt guys. Uh, I do. I do like Brennan Todd. I do like Stanley, Uh, Michael Thompson, noted, noted putting wizard, Bryce Garnett, a guy who I, I think is pretty decent. Nick Taylor, uh, I I always kind of like Nick Taylor, like just uh, I don't, not know I mean he just is a solid T the green player who puts poorly a lot of the time. Seeing Russell Knox priced at sixty seven hundred in this field, that's really gonna test my resolve to never like play 0. Russell. Nine percent ownership, again. yeah, yeah, it's really gonna test my resolve. I was trying to find, I literally like I got to scroll down so far. Is Tom Hoagie even in this field? He probably isn't. Don't
1: no, I don't usually go looking for hoagie but yeah he is in the field 6300
0: easy play this was uh this was his first ever final pairing he went off on sunday in the final group with uh with tiger woods like six years ago a little bit a little bit of course history and i'm I'm definitely playing hoagie at a wedge fest
1: yeah yeah the single entry player pool i'd probably cut things off at kyle stanley don't drop below that and then if i was to mme or dip into like a 20 max then yeah, like Knox Taylor at sub one percent ownership and you know pro- projections that are fine, those guys are in play. Um, but I, I'm not gonna go there in the handbill lineup.
0: Yeah. Uh all right, let's uh let's take a look over at the betting odds. I would say, I would say, I guess by, by the time people listening to this um like already have it, like the Patrick Reed, like he'll already be removed. But I, I should have when I just saw that Patrick Reed withdraw treat, I should have. Uh, I should have went in and uh, bet some of these guys because Reed was, Reed was listed at like 22 to one to win. So I, I should have, I should have went in and grabbed that. And I didn't, cause there, there are some good odds out there. I mean, data golf is data golf is giving a stricker esque number for, for Brennan Todd to win this event.
1: Um Yeah. I, so the, the numbers kind of depends how quickly they move and Um, If you can get, like, Usti at, like, 18 or 20 to 1, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Brian Harmon was up to 28 to 1 on FanDuel. Not sure if they've pulled or even adjusted that yet, but that would be a snap bet. And then it's kind of the same way for DFS. Like, I feel like you can bet one or two of the top-end names and then definitely take bigger shots um, with some of the guys who are way down the board. So uh, Duffner, Kyle Stanley, Brendan Todd, chris kirk some of the guys we like at the 7k range for dfs values joel damon i think those guys are also going to be good um sportsbook bets.
0: yeah um i think uh D- damon at 80 to 1 stanley honor and 20 to one but you know just like whatever they're they're fine little darts uh i i <laughs> i'm <laughs> My my one and done season is so bad at this point. Like I just I can't even in good conscience give out picks because I'm so far dusted off. <laughs> I really I really need to I really got to bring it next year because it's it's depressing to well, not. Like like, most
1: people are probably pretty dusted off at this point. So uh, I don't know if you're still playing it. Like you're kind of trying to figure I, out if you can make cash. Like Web is obviously the, the
0: yeah the chalk.
1: If you still have him, you can look at what percentage of the field has used him already and kind of how that compares to the guys who are ahead of you. I think Hideki will be less popular than Webb. Usti will be less popular. A lot of people will have used Usti on this little run, so if you didn't. Um, but at this point, it's almost like it doesn't even make sense to tap one and done picks just because it's so individual based on who you've got left in the pool. Yeah,
0: like, I mean, obviously, if I was in, you know, top, top 20 or whatever, I'd just take web, But I... If, if you were like kind of on that edge of min cashing, I, I think Zala Taurus will be like completely unselected and like still from the betting markets has decent win equity.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would say like Brian Harmon would be the guy for me there.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for the daily Roto going for the green daily fantasy golf podcast. Definitely make sure to check out dailyrodo.com for all the projections, optimizing tools and everything that you guys need. And uh, we will be back next week.